0: I've been gone the last two weeks uh, on vacation or a staycation as some may call it. It's good to see all your beautiful faces again. You too, Scott. You too. <laughs> I love you guys. It's good to be back worshiping with you all. It's a lot different being in the house than it is uh, watching online, but I know it's, it's so good to have all of you uh, here with us this morning. Um, man, it's crazy to think that right now, um, being back now that uh, we are so close to getting school started back again. And I hate to that be, to be the first line that I greet you all with. I know some of my kids are already probably groaning and uh, moaning at and thinking about that and uh, starting school back soon. Um, but don't worry guys, um, I'm with you in this pain. i start school in two weeks myself, so it's okay. We're gonna hang in there, we're gonna get through it. Um, I really wish that uh, we had gotten to see more of each other this summer, um, all of us. I know this has been a tough time for everyone. But hopefully sooner rather than later, uh, again, we'll be able to meet again. Uh, I do believe that that will happen. Uh, With that, I want to go ahead and jump back into our impact moments. Um, I I, I know it must have been a while because I do still feel that nervousness right here. And that's how I know that it's game time. It's ready to go. So we're going to jump back in, guys. The title of this morning's message is, In God I Rest. In God I Rest. Our memory verse today comes from Matthew 11. Uh, verse 28, and I'll be reading from the New International Version, which says this, come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. And then lastly, our bottom line for this morning is this, guys, God rest is the best rest. God rest is the best rest. For the past two weeks, um, I've gotten to enjoy some much needed, some much appreciated, some awesome time off. Uh, I went back to Virginia to see my family, and while there, I got to hang out with a a really good friend of mine, an old buddy named Brandon, um, who is one of my best friends, um, before he left to actually go down to Florida. So it was really good to get to see him, and then while also there, of course, I had to see my fiance Taylor, and got to make stops there and see her, and I didn't really do anything wildly adventurous outside of that, there wasn't anything crazy. I got to hang out with the people I care about the most, and for me, that, that, involves, that involves a little bit of vacation for sure. However, if I'm being honest, most of my off days were spent sleeping, okay? Um, most of them were spent sleeping and napping, and man, it felt so good to sleep in without an alarm, and just to go ahead and nap during the middle of the day just because, just because I wanted to take a nap. Uh, it was amazing because, I man, who doesn't love a good nap, right? But after talking with my buddy Brandon, um, as like I said, I got to see him while on vacation. My my friend Brandon told me that there's another type of rest that I need to make sure that I got um, on vacation, another rest that I needed. You see, God has been telling me to rest in his love for me. Believing and trusting that he's going to look out for me uh, involves thinking that God will give me the strength and the right amount of energy to handle everything that he's given me time for. And then it's resting in the truth that God's taken care of everything. And with all of that, knowing that He's got the whole world in His hands, because of that, I can put my faith and my trust in Him. Only when you start to get busy, guys, that's when things start to get kinda hard. It's easy to put your relationship with God um, to the side, out of sight, out of mind. What may come as a surprise to many of you is that as your youth pastor is a minister for Jesus, man, I still can make my relationship with God second, third, fourth, or even fifth on my priority list. Sometimes I can put it behind school, self-care, and even ministry activities themselves. It can be easy to make my relationship with God transactional, and what I mean by transactional is this, it's basically me saying to God, I'm only going to speak to you and spend time with you when I need something. That next impact moment and content for the next Bible study that I teach, or when I cry out for help because I'm stressed, burnt out, and weighed down by life, and I did it all to myself. You see, there are lots of ways that we can find rest, guys. And I know when you hear that word rest, you might be thinking of some examples in your life where you rest. It could be taking a nap in the middle of, our, in the middle of your day, like I said. Or sleeping in the car on the way back from Carowinds when that is up and running, and you guys remember those exhausted days after the trip to the park. Or you could find your rest watching Disney movies on the couch with the family on Disney Plus while just sitting there, laying back, relaxing, resting with them. But maybe this coming school year, guys, has you a little worried, a little stressed, and a little anxious because you look around and the rest of the world around you is still wearing masks. When life gets tough, guys, it's gonna take more than sleep to feel some kind of peace, and that requires God rest. Again, God rest is the best rest. Again, in Matthew eleven twenty eight, 28, Jesus says this. He says, come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. At the time, Jesus was teaching and preaching to the people in Galilee. What he is telling them, What is he telling them in this verse? You know, Jesus is not telling them that he's gonna bless them with a nap, that's, that's not it. That'd be pretty great, not gonna lie, but that's not it. Jesus here is saying, he's speaking to the people in the town who are weary, who are tired, who are worn out, who are stressed, who are worried and feeling the heavy weight that life's troubles have been putting on them lately. Have you ever felt like that? If so, Jesus is talking to you in this verse. He promises rest to all of us who are going through a rough time. And his rest is more than a physical rest, guys, and this is what I love. It's one that is meant to refresh our hearts, our minds, and our souls. Jesus gives us this kind of rest when we learn to depend on him for everything. It's trusting that God will provide for your every need, and it's believing that the world, that the people around us and life's crazy circumstances cannot get us down because you know why? Because Jesus has overcome the world. Anxiety, depression, abuse, racism, and this coronavirus don't measure up to the power and strength of our God. That right there is enough to give any one of us peace. And for me, man, when I hear that, when we can truly believe that the God of the universe is on our side, we have nothing to be afraid of because the Lord is with us. But Jesus is also speaking to another group here in this verse. And he tells the people to come to him, all who are weary and burdened, burdened. This one applies to all of us for me, because we are all burdened or weighed down by sin, and we know what sin is, right guys? Sin is an action or a thought that leads to us disobeying god 's word and to feel the weight or burden of being separated from his holiness and perfection. Many of you might right now right now might know what this feels like. many of you might have felt that you know that feeling in the pit of your stomach that, you know, just is really hard to shake. You might get these thoughts in your head that try to tell you that you're unworthy and that you'll never measure up. But our sin doesn't have to keep us from God. No, it doesn't. Sin is a burden or a weight that we all carry until we bring it to the cross. Jesus is saying, come to me, come here, come here, come into my loving arms and I will carry your burdens. I will carry your shame." Jesus tells us, just look at the cross because that is a symbol of my love for you. The love and forgiveness of Jesus is one of the most amazing ways for me, guys, that Jesus gives us rest. So let me close with this. During the day on Friday, um, I got to spend some time at a, at a getaway cabin, I, I, I'd like to call it, at an Airbnb that I w- had the pleasure of being able to rent out. While there, I got the God rest that I needed. Before I stopped to listen to God, God's voice, I cast all my cares on him before I entered into silence with God. Everything on my mind from my grandpa's cancer to school coming up and even to my future marriage. Oh, man, I just wanted to hear him tell me that what I needed to hear, whatever that might be. And God told me this, guys, I'm gonna, I wanna share it with you. God told me this, he said, I am fearlessly in love with you, Peyton. I have already forgiven you. Do you hear the birds around you? I take care of them and I will take care of you too. He closed with this, just said, relax, relax and listen to my voice. God rest is the best rest guys. As we close in prayer today, I want you to close your eyes, bow your head and to sit in silence with me and we're gonna pray this prayer together and I want all of us in the sanctuary to do this together as well. Every phrase that I say, I want you to speak it over yourself. So now, if you will, go ahead and close your eyes, bow your heads, and let's pray this prayer together. Repeat after me. Dear God, help me to rest and relax so that I can hear your voice. Help me to rest knowing that you are in love with me. If I believe in Jesus, my sins are forgiven. Lord, I will trust in your rest because you will take care of me. I will run into your open arms because I know that you will give me the rest that I need. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Thank you, guys.
1: Amen. Amen. Come on, let's give God praise for this wonderful word that Peyton has given us. We thank God that he was able to get away and get some rest, and we are certainly appreciative of the gift that he continues to bless uh, our youth and children as well as the rest of us as far as uh, his moment of impact is concerned. It is our prayer that for each and every person that is watching us online or listening to us as far as the telephone is concerned, that you are being blessed by these services. There are a few things I want to share with you as far as our observations are concerned before we transition to prayer and to receive the Lord's offering. I want to let you all know that um, your generosity has been a blessing this past week to 194 families that we serve through our food pantry. And want to thank those that continue to prepare the bags and assist uh, the food pantry ministry as far as being a blessing to families that may be a part of this congregation, but are definitely a part of our community. Also, just want to thank all of those who joined us for a quick 15 this past weekend. We want to encourage you to continue to join us every Wednesday at 8.15 as far as prayer is concerned. You can get on at about 8 o'clock, fellowship with others, uh, hear their voices and say hello. And at about 8.15, I give a devotional, and then we go to the Lord in prayer. You may want to also include uh, others, and so if you would, uh, just reach out to somebody else, call and make that connection, and we can have uh, other people to join us as far as call waiting is concerned. I want to let you all know that since we're in this pandemic moment, Uh, we're in the process of getting ready to start back having communion, and we're going to be doing it virtually. So on the first Sunday in September, as we prepare to have communion, we want to invite you all to come and do what we call a curbside pickup. This Saturday and the next Saturday, this Saturday from 11 to 1 a.m. on, p.m. rather, on August 22nd and 29th, I, along with uh, Deacons, will distribute to uh, each family, uh, communion implements to say hello, wave at you just to see you from a physically safe distance. We're going to distribute the implements through no contact and sanitize meals and methods with glove and mask. We're asking that each please make sure you have on your face mask while speaking to each other and you will remain in your cars. And so reach out to the church office this week to coordinate alternate methods of distribution if you're not able to join us curbside as far as receiving your communion elements. Also in that curbside, we're going to also share with those who are part of our Sunday Morning Live, you can get your Sunday school books for the new quarter. And again, make sure that you have on your mask and cars. And then our young adult ministry is having a food drive those two Saturdays as well. And so we need to replenish the shelves for our Wednesday distribution as far as the food pantry is concerned. We have details of the items that we need to collect and you can check that out as far as our website is concerned. For our church sabbatical month, we're asking that all ministries will refrain from meeting. We want to get rest and refreshment so that we can gear up as far as the fall is concerned. And we look forward to all ministries going full steam ahead in September. We're going to have online church homecoming and church revival, August the 30th, 31st, and September the 1st. Uh, On August the 30th, our homecoming Sunday, we're going to have the Reverend Dr. Freddie James Clark, who will be sharing with us the preached word. On August the 31st, that Monday, the Reverend Dr. Jesse T. Williams. And then on August... I mean, on September the 1st, the Reverend Dr. Jerry Carter. Um, We will have our singers in-house, so we want you to tune in at 7 o'clock. We're going to run that service for 75 minutes, so from 7 o'clock to 8.15 each night. That's what we're going to do. So we want you to join in, um, sit around your television. We're going to be here live. We're going to make sure that they're connected with us live, and we're going to have our annual church revival at that particular time. Also, uh, the census date has changed. The deadline for the completion of your census data uh, has been uh, changed to September the 30th. Please, ma'am, please, sir, if you have not filled out your census or you know somebody who has not filled out the census, please, ma'am, please, sir, it is as easy as going online. Uh, Going to the census uh, website, it takes about 10 minutes for you to fill out your census. We need to make sure that everybody, hear me, everybody is counted so that we can see the proper allocation as far as the federal government is concerned, as well as the proper apportionment when it comes to our representatives uh, in the Congress. I want to say one more thing, and you'll be hearing more about this in the future, and it is about the upcoming federal elections and state elections and local elections. We know and we have been hearing as of late some issues that may be taking place with absentee ballots or mail-in ballots. Now, our social justice ministry is in the process of putting together a plan that will hopefully and prayerfully allow for us to navigate this particular moment. I do know that in the future, when we have what we call early voting, there are going to be many more sites and larger sites that will be handling uh, early voting that will allow for us to go to any precinct in the area and vote. That being said, I want to encourage you, if you are using an absentee ballot, if you wanna vote by an absentee ballot and you're concerned about what is going on with the United States postal system, you can take that absentee ballot, make sure you get another signature on it, take that absentee ballot and take it to the Board of Elections or place it in a secure ballot box or you can take it to a polling station and turn it in. We're gonna give you further information and we're gonna have that um, highlighted on our website because this election, this election is very, very important. And we need for as many of you all who can to join us as far as this election is concerned and cast your vote. Let me say that again, cast your vote. As far as I'm concerned here at St. Paul Church, Every Sunday is going to be souls to the polls once we start early voting. Once we start early voting, every Sunday is going to be souls to the poll. So every Sunday, I want to encourage you after you uh, check us out as far as our church service is concerned, make your way to the poll if you have not voted. We want as many of you all to please, ma'am, please sir, vote early. Vote early. Let me say that again, vote early. We don't want you waiting in long lines on November the 3rd. Vote early. Take advantage of early voting. If you can't take advantage of early voting, then do the absentee ballot and turn it in. But we want to vote early. And again, once early voting starts, here at St. Paul, every Sunday, is gonna be souls to the polls. Let me say that again. Every Sunday when early voting start is gonna be souls to the poll. As we prepare to go to the Lord in prayer, um, there are several prayer concerns that I want to share with you. We want to lift up Deacon James Johnson and the loss of Sister Casey Johnson, his mother. Our final arrangements are pending. We want to lift up the family of disciple Naomi McClain, better known as Sister Mickey, the mother of Sister Chandra Watley, her services were yesterday. The family of Brother Thomas Rhodes, the husband of Sister Annie Rhodes, his service was on Friday. Um, We want to lift up the family of disciple Geneva Hudson, the aunt of disciple Shirley Harris, her services were Friday. The family of Sister Barbara Sessons, the sister Deacon Levine Sessons, her services were on Wednesday. And we want to continue to lift those persons up in prayer. Also, the brother of Thomas Rhodes, he is—he was the father of Sister Denise Rhodes, Danny Rhodes, and Don Rhodes. We also want to lift up Sister Great Reverend Grace Ridgway, who's in the hospital, and Curtis March, who is in the hospital as well. You will see names that will be scrolling on the screen as far as those that are sick and shut in. And we want to lift up those names in prayer. So as we pray to go to the Lord in prayer at this time, we're asking that Reverend Pate will come and he will take us to the throne of grace.
2: Dear Heavenly Father, we come to you now. God, the names that have been called of those that are dealing with loss, God, we lift them up to you today. God, we ask you that you hold them close as they transition through grief. God, we pray that although many of us are frustrated with the pandemic and plans have been changed, God, we thank you that you are not a God that changes. You are a God that is the same. God, thank you for keeping us. Thank you for loving us, God. And thank you for making sure that we have everything we need. Now, God, we continue to pray for our disciples that are in the sick and shut-in list. God, we ask you that you continue to meet their needs, God. Continue to send people to help them, God. Continue to give them everything that they need in this moment God if, it, if it's a call, if it's a text if it's a, uh, if it's a message that's sent to them to let them know God that they are not forgotten God we pray for the St. Paul Church continue to strengthen us as we do ministry in our community God go before us God and give us wisdom on how we shall serve God we thank you for everything that you're doing and that you will continue to do It is in the mighty name of Jesus we pray. Amen.
1: Amen, amen, amen. Let's give God praise, and we pray that you know your prayer has been answered. Thank you, Reverend Pate, for taking us to the throne of grace. Well, my brothers and sisters, those that are helping us with worship this morning, as well as those who are watching us online, it is time to give. It is time to give, it is time to give, it is time to give. And as we prepare to give, I want to remind you that there are three ways that you can give here at the St. Paul Church. Since our church office is closed for public access, uh, we are allowing you to do a couple of things. Number one, you can mail your check or your money order. To the church here at St. Paul Baptist Church, 1401 Allen Street, Charlotte, North Carolina. Uh, or you can drop your check off here at the church or cash. Just call the church at the number listed prior to your coming to make sure that somebody is here to receive your offering. The second way you can give is securely through our website. And then the third way you can give is through the app called Give-lify. If you don't have that app on your smart device, you can download it to your smart device, search for St. Paul Baptist Church, Charlotte, North Carolina. You ought to see this sanctuary or our logo, and you can give as far as that is concerned. So as we prepare to give, I want you to do me a favor, if you would take your offering or whatever, or however you're giving, if you would place it in your right hand, let's lift it up to the Lord as we consecrate our offering because we want to give God what's right not what's left and let's go to the Lord in prayer God we come to you for the wonderful opportunity to partner with you as far as your work your witness and your word are concerned God take these gifts of ours bless them in a God way multiply it so that we can continue to be a witness of your grace and your generosity in our lives bless us oh God as far as our gifts are concerned So that we can continue to be a blessing to someone else. God, for persons who are not working, who have no modicum of income. God, if you will strengthen them and allow for us to bear their weaknesses in this time. It is in the name of your son, Jesus Christ, we pray. And in his name we claim it done. Amen. Amen. Go ahead and give at this time. And as you give, our adult ensemble will bless you with song. And we ask that you all would lift us up in prayer as far as the preaching moment is concerned. to be praised because we know there is nobody greater I think a great God deserves a great praise let me try that one more time I know you all are watching us on on screen but let me say that again in your house at your kitchen table in your bedroom in your den in your living room if you're exercising I just said a great God deserves a great praise wherever you may be right now put those sanctified hands together clap them And give God the very best praise you may have. Turn your particular space into a sanctuary and bless the name of the Lord. 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 Lord. I said, bless the name of the Lord. Somebody gonna get this just a moment. Bless the name of the Lord.
3: Lord, somebody gonna get it in just a moment. Let the name of the Lord. Let the name of the Lord. let the name
1: hallelujah 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 there's something about knowing that the God we serve there's nobody greater as we continue a series of sermons from Psalm 139 talking about the God who cares we want to lift up Psalm 139, verses 7 through 12. Verses 7 through 12. This is the third sermon in this series. And it reads like this. Where can I go from your spirit? Or where can I flee from your presence? If I ascend into heaven, you are there. If I make my bed in hell, behold, you are there. I Take the wings of the morning And dwell in the uttermost parts of the sea Even there your hand shall lead me And your right hand shall hold me If I say surely the darkness shall fall on me Even the night shall be light about me Indeed, the darkness shall not hide from you But the night shines as the day. The darkness and the light are both alike to you. I want to preach for the time that is mine as the Spirit gives utterance. The ever-present God. The ever-present God. The ever-present God. We live in a time and a world and among a people who require proof and evidence, especially when it comes to the supernatural and the miraculous in the justification of the existence of God. For a lot of people, the idea of God, a personal God, is nothing more than a myth, a fantasy, some Disney creation that lacks the fortitude to transform and to transcend the craziness and chaos of the culture. In fact, with all that has been happening lately, there have been Christians and atheists who are basically asking the same question, where is God? We live in a world spiraling with negativity, war, a COVID-19 pandemic, hunger, terrorism, and migrations. In this country, we're struggling with systemic racism, police brutality from a few bad cops, white patriarchy, white supremacy, misogyny, benign neglect, classism, and sexism. The lack of leadership on the national level during this pandemic, particularly from the White House, as deaths have eclipsed the 170,000 mark, is rather astounding. Where is God? Races have been emboldened by this current president. Where is God? It is amazing how idiocy, mediocrity, and ineptitude are tolerated from this president because he is a white man but would never be tolerated by anyone else. Where is God? Where is God when wars continue to ravage parts of every continent except Antarctica? Where is God when black and brown people across this world still aren't getting their fair shake? Where is God when the rich continues to get richer and the poor continues to get poorer? Where is God as the wealth gap is increasing at an alarming rate to the point where the middle class in this country has almost disappeared? Where is God when wearing a mask during a pandemic has become a political hot-button issue. Where is God when violence is so rampant in various communities across this country? Where is God when homicide rates are escalating in the rural, suburban and urban areas of the United States of America? Where is God as we see babies Dying from gunshots because of an intentional murder. Where where is God when tyrants occupy political offices and even blaspheme the very name of God? Where is God? Where is God as cancer continues to be rampant? Where is God as the death angel moves as far as our communities are concerned? Where is God? I don't know about anybody else, but there are times when I wish that God would sometimes move like God did in the Old Testament and reveal God's self in such an amazing and an apparent way until you know it's nobody but God. Is it still possible to meet the sovereign and the eternal God of the universe in a secularized world like this? In a world that seems to be going to hell in a handbasket. Has God decided to abandon the planet Earth and give up on the human enterprise and decide to hang out somewhere else in his universe? I find myself at times wrestling with the question about the presence of God. Most of us, if we got a little sense, can be people of reason and faith. We can embrace both the science And the supernatural. One of the great theologians of church. Theologian by the name of Anselm. Helps us to appreciate the connection between the mind and the spirit. Our intellect and our faith when he wrote and I quote. I'm not trying to O Lord. To penetrate thy loftiness. For I cannot begin to match my understanding with it. But I desire in some measure to understand thy truth. Which my heart believes and loves. For I do not seek to understand in order to believe, but I believe in order to understand. For this to believe, that unless I believe, I shall not understand. End of quote. I think it's safe to say that I, along with those of you all who are watching this screen and listening in this sanctuary, that we know that God is real. God is the sum total of all that is excellent, majestic, magnificent, marvelous, supernatural, sovereign, and glorious. And it is this God who has made God's self known to us through two aspects: God's omnipresence and God's manifested presence. Jehovah is the God who is ever. Present. Let me, if I could, do a little Bible teaching for a moment, a little doctrinal explanation about what I'm dealing with. Because the omnipresence of God is one of the essential attributes that makes God the true and living God. It is the divine fact that God is a spirit, which means that God is a non-physical beyond localization and god may seem somewhat transcendent in other words god is everywhere at the same time without being captured by his space and time and yet this omnipresent non-physical god wants to be in relationship with folks like you and me let me dig a little deeper There is also the manifested presence of God. This is when God shifts from God's omnipresence. To making God's self known in some tangible way. Since God is spirit. If we're to worship this God. It must be done in spirit and truth. And every now and then. The omnipresent God the non-physical God the God that cannot be captured in a localized situation will move in such a way among his people until you know you're in the very presence of God it is referred to as the Shekinah glory of God And the Shekinah glory of God has been revealed in many instances. For example, the Shekinah glory of God was revealed among the Israelites when God led them with a pillar of cloud during the day and a pillar of fire at night. The Shekinah glory of God revealed God in such a way that when Solomon built the temple and was getting ready to dedicate it, that the smoke of the Lord filled the temple until the priest could not go in and minister. Isaiah saw the manifested presence of God when he realized that on the year that King Uzziah died, when he was in the temple, he saw the Lord high and lifted up and his train filled the temple. There are times when God will reveal God's self in such a magnificent and magnanimous way until it is uh, the actual tangible presence of God that makes you feel like you can cut it with a knife, but you can't. But the presence of God is the manifestation of God in both time and space to fix up what we have messed up so we can be straightened up so we can go up. However... The psalm that I present to you this morning, Psalm 139, David raises two rhetorical questions that have created a tension in his soul. He says, first of all, where can I go from your spirit or where can I flee from your presence? Some commentators believe that David was trying to figure out how to get away from God. Now, one of the reasons that I love David is because David is so human. David is so down to earth. And David is wrestling with something until it makes him question the very presence of God. It is a question that he wrestles with that in a sense uh, questions even the existence of God. Something is going on with David until he puts pen to parchment, assigns musical notes, sharps and flats, to ponder the presence of God. However, unlike the commentators, I don't think, Reverend Peyton C., that David was trying to run from God. I don't think that David was trying to escape from the presence of God. Why? Because David... Was too familiar with the God of Israel. David knew the God of Israel on a deep, intimate, transformative level. And I don't think David was trying to get away from Jehovah. Not the God referred to as his shepherd. Not the God referred to as a refuge. Not the God referred to as a strong tower. Not the God referred to as a battle axe. Not the God referred to as his light and salvation. Not the God referred to as the strength of his life. Now, I don't think David was trying to get away from that God. I think David is wrestling with something that all of us wrestle with. And here it is. uh, That there are times... When you and I go through moments in our lives where we can't feel the presence of God, but just because you can't feel the present doesn't mean that God isn't there. This is the ever-present, the omnipresent, the always-present God who is there. Even when we fail to recognize God, even when we fail to feel God, even when we fail to acknowledge God, God is there. I want to wrestle for a few brief moments, if you don't mind. What's so significant about the presence of God for us that we can pull from this reading? I want to suggest to you a few things, and then I'll bid you adieu. First of all, you will discover that God's presence is unavoidable. It's right there in verse 7 when the psalmist says, Where can I go from your spirit, or where can I flee from your presence? These two questions, these two questions makes it seem like David wants to get away from the presence of God when it comes to proximity and intimacy. Now, David knows better because the presence of God is everywhere at the same time. But notice what David is trying to avoid. Watch this the spirit of god and the presence of god the spirit of god in hebrew is ruach this is the same word that is used in genesis 2 7 when the writer of genesis said that god formed adam out of the dust of the ground and breathed into him the breath of life, the ruah, and Adam became a living soul. There is nowhere David could go and escape the spirit of God that unless David would leave himself, because the reason that David is alive is because the spirit of God is giving him breath to breathe. And I'm here to let somebody else know that the only reason that you are alive right now is because God's Spirit has given you breath to breathe. So the Spirit of God was not only in David, but the Spirit of God was also on David. So if David tries to avoid God, To avoid himself. In fact David discovers. That if he tries to run from God. He'll wind up running. Into God. Ah. But then David says. Where can I flee. From your presence. Now let me do a little bible teaching here. Let me break this down. Like a fraction for you. Because the word presence here. In the Hebrew. Literally means face of God Mm, mm, mm. the face of God how is David going to get away or flee from the face of God when the face of God contains the eyes of God and where the eyes of God sees all knows all and is all at the same time so the very presence very essence of God's presence is that God is so much God until God can be beyond us while at the same time around us while at the same time in us. Preach Robert Charles Scott. God doesn't have to rely on anything and anybody outside of God's being and God ain't dependent upon any of us in order to exist so therefore when David raises this rhetorical question where can I go from your spirit David has to conclude I can't go anywhere where can I hide from your presence David has to conclude I can't go anywhere and I'm here to let somebody know this is a blessing for you in 2020 oh we here it is You and I, with our postmodern. Sophisticated, educated scientific selves cannot escape the presence of God even if we tried here it is that I want to bless you with right now even when we don't want to be bothered by God, God ain't going anywhere because God is everywhere at the same time, you can kick people out your house and God will still be there, you can block people on your social media platforms but you can't block God out of your life. You can engage even in the cancel culture but you can't cancel God and if we're honest when some of us are trying to run from God we find ourselves running smack into God and we have to give God praise because even when we didn't want to put up with God or have anything to do with God, God kept on hanging around until we got our act together and we have to give God praise that he did not leave us when we wanted him to leave us but he stuck around and revealed himself just when we needed him most there's something else that the text helps us to understand and that not only is god's presence unavoidable but watch this god's presence is all encompassing that's in verses 8 and 9 that the presence of god is comprehensive the presence of god it's all-inclusive. The presence of God goes across the board. David wrote, if I go to heaven, the most distant place in the universe, God, you're there. David says, if I go to hell, and the word hell in this psalm is not the place of burning, it's not the lake of fire, but hell in this place, translated in the Hebrew, is she-o, she-o, Uh, S-H-E-O-L is the place of the dead. It is the place of the underworld. It is the place of the grave. David says, if I go to the place of the dead, God, you're there. Then David said, if I could jump on a light beam and move at 186,000 miles per second and go from the east across the sky to the west crossing the Mediterranean Sea, God, you're already there. Here's the kicker that blesses me real good. Because some people at that time worshiped false gods. They worshiped idol gods. They had different gods for different things. There was a god of the water. There was a god of the dead. There was a god for the sky. There was a god for the crops. There was a god of war. However, David... Is giving a testimony about how his God, Jehovah, Yahweh, is in all these places at the same time. That God did not have to change or become anything else to be the God of all these places. In other words, Jehovah is the God of the living and the dead, Jehovah is the God of the crops and the seed Jehovah is the God of lakes oceans, rivers and streams Jehovah is the God of the sun moon, stars planets, galaxies, solar systems, or any other astronomical body. And anywhere David wanted to go, uh, God is there. Anywhere David is going, uh, God is there. Anywhere David has been, God is there. Why? Because God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. This is what we have to appreciate about the true and living God. There's nowhere that you and I can go with Where God ain't. No good place. No bad place. No ugly place. No indifferent place. And when I say nowhere. I mean nowhere. See, God is present in places of worship as well as in places that don't even respect God. God is present where life is affirmed as well as where life is disregarded. God is present in God's sanctuary as well as in the street. God is present in the church house, the club house, the crack house, the meth house, and the house of ill repute. God is where you plan to do good and where you plan to act a fool. God is in the birthing rooms where cries of new life are heard and in the funeral homes where tears of grief are shed. There's nowhere you and I can go where God is not. And I have to give God praise because even when I thought I was by myself, I was never alone. Why? Because God was there. Can can I push something else for you? Because as I continue to look at this text, not only is God's presence unavoidable and not only is God's presence all-encompassing, but God's presence will strengthen you. Oh, yeah. God's presence will strengthen you. It's right there in verse verse 10, right there in verse 10 where it says, uh, even your right hand shall lead me, even your hand shall lead me and your right hand shall hold me. David informs us How the hands of God led him and kept him. The presence of God. For David is knowing that the hand of God has been on him. David knew that the hand of God was on him when he was watching his daddy Jesse's sheep on the back 40. David knew the hands of God were on him when he was being anointed. As king. David knew when he became king that the right hand of God was protecting him and authorizing him to unite the twelve tribes of Israel. There's something to be said about the hands of God when it came to the life of David, because David knew it was God's hands that died at the rock which knocked the giant Goliath out. David knew it was God's hands that covered David when he was being pursued. His enemies. David knew it was God's hands that steered Saul's spear away from David's body when Saul tried to kill him. David knew it was God's hand that strengthened David to unite 12 motley tribes of Israel into the nation of Israel. David knew about the presence of God through the providential protecting hands of God I believe somebody's watching me live stream right now. I believe somebody's in the sanctuary right now who have to say, yeah, I know David knows about that. But pastor, that's my testimony as well. I know somebody right now know that the presence of God has been so strong and so apparent in your life until you have to testify. If God's hands hadn't been in your life, there's no telling where you would be right now. You have to testify that God's hand strengthened you. God's hand protected you. God's hands guided you. God's hand fought for you. God's hands picked you up. God's hands dusted you off. God's hand lifted you. God's hand healed you. God's hand got you out of a blue funk of depression. There is something to be said about the hands of God. God. Orchestrating omnipotently God's sovereign will in our lives, especially when we say yes to God. And because God's hands have been very apparent, we can say, like the hymn choir was saying, Guide me, oh, thou great Jehovah, pilgrim through this barren land. I am weak, but thou art mighty. Hold me with a powerful hand. I've held you all too long. Let me go ahead and close this thing out. Uh, I've discovered that not only uh, is the presence of God unavoidable and the presence of God is all-encompassing and the presence of God will strengthen us. But here's the shout of the text for me, that the presence of God makes dark moments bearable. It's right there in verses 11 and 12. The presence of God makes dark moments bearable. David says, surely the darkness will fall upon me. Even the night shall be light to me. Indeed, darkness shall not hide from you. But the night shines as the day. The darkness and the light are both the same to you. David talks about how darkness comes upon him. And if he's not careful, it can take him out. I I was really trying to understand what David meant when he talked about Darkness falling on him and darkness being light to him. David is admitting that if I'm not careful, the night season, darkness, can so overwhelm me until it makes me think that life ain't worth living. That, that, That when I'm in the night season, when I'm in the darkness, be it sickness or depression, Be it forsakenness or betrayal. Be it uncertainty or doubt. When I'm in the dark season. And and I can't even see the hand in front of my face. I may if I listen to the demonic. Think that life ain't worth living. And yet. I want to bless somebody. Yet. That even though I can't. See myself in the darkness. God sees me in the darkness and so you and I can't escape God in the darkness even the darkness of our souls because when it comes to God darkness and light are the same thing (laughs) when it comes to God forces of darkness will try to erase when God is in our midst it will try to take us out but part of the reason That God's presence makes the darkness bearable is because the God we serve does God's best work when it's dark. It is in the darkness of creation when God said, let there be light. It is in the darkness when God sent the death angel down to Egypt land to take out the firstborn of cattle and uh, the firstborn of the male child of Egypt it's in the darkness uh, that God led Israel by a pillar of fire at night and uh, it was in uh, the darkness uh, on a hill called Calvary that Jesus was dying for your sins and mine as he redeemed the world and the Bible says that it got dark The shout of this move is how God is present when darkness tries to take us out. And it's God's presence that makes the darkness bearable, tolerable, and redeemable. God's presence in the darkest moment reminds us that we're never alone. God's presence in the darkness is when we can't see God, God sees us. And since God sees us, God is able to hold us in the darkness of our lives. God empowers us in our dark moments. God takes care of us in our dark moments. God sustains us. In our dark moments, Uh, God can cure us in our dark moments. God can heal us in our dark moments. God can lift us uh, in our dark moments. Uh, I don't know who I'm preaching to. Uh, Maybe somebody in the sanctuary right now. Maybe somebody watching me on stream right now. But I'm here to remind you that the God we serve is a... your life and that's why I can sing that song precious Lord take my hand lead me on let me stand
3: I am tired I am weak up hands uh, about God's presence uh, in your life. Uh, Can you stand on your feet uh, and give God praise
1: And his presence, his presence, his presence makes this life worth living. If you're watching us live stream, can I tell you how you can? move from God's omnipresence to God's manifested presence. Here it is. By accepting Jesus Christ as your Lord and your Savior. Jesus becomes the physical embodiment of the presence of God in this world. And then Jesus says, I got to go back to my father, but I'm going to drop off one more thing to you. I'm going to give you my spirit, the Holy Spirit. He's going to be inside of you. He's going to teach you some things and remind you of some things that I've shared with you through the Word, Through my teaching and through my example. If you want to have the manifested presence of God in your life, it comes by accepting Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. And if you are watching us live stream right now or listening to us on the radio and you want a relationship with the ever-present God, I'm going to lead you in a prayer in a short moment. People are being brought to Christ through our virtual platform because the church is not a building. The church is the community of believers. So you can get saved and not be in the church. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. You can also join the St. Paul Church. You don't have to be at 1401 Allen Street. We'll accept you virtually. So I want to let you know how can you do that. If you want to have a relationship with God after we have this prayer and if this prayer fits you, I want you to type in salvation in our chat online or call the church office if you want a relationship with God, we'll let you know what next steps are if you want to join this church, we'll let you know what next steps are, but I want you to do this if you're watching me online and you're here in the sanctuary I want you to repeat this prayer of new life, of a new beginning of salvation right now, for those of us who have Christ in our lives it's a reminder but for those who do not it is the beginning of a transformative redemptive liberating moment As far as your life is concerned, you can start anew right now. So if you would, bow your heads, close your eyes, repeat this prayer after me. God, I want your presence in my life where I know it. I know you're everywhere at the same time, but I want your spirit in my life. So I want Jesus to be my Lord and Savior. I believe you sent him to die for my sins. I believe he died on a cross. And I believe you raised him from the dead. I believe that if I confess him as Lord and Savior, you will give me eternal life. You will forgive me of my sins and you will send your spirit into my life so I will know you're always there. I thank you for the gift of salvation and by faith, I claim it as mine right now. Thank you, God. In the name of your son, Jesus. I pray this prayer. Amen. Hey, listen, if you prayed that prayer, you meant that prayer, you're sincere about that prayer, you mean it in your head, in your heart, your mind, and your spirit, you're saved. Is it really that easy? Yeah, because salvation is not based upon what you do. It's based upon what you believe. It's by faith. If you believe and you put your trust in God, you're saved. Salvation is yours. Eternal life is yours. However, God doesn't want you to stop just with getting saved. He wants you to connect with his people because that's how you grow. So, I would love for you to make St. Paul your church home. We would love to help you grow. We would love to walk this walk with you. Help you to become the disciple that God would have for you to be. Do me a favor if you will follow the prompts at the bottom of the screen. If you want to be saved, type in salvation. One of our digital ministers will reach out to you. If you want to join this church. Either as a member, as a disciple, or under watch care, just type that in One of our digital ministers will reach out to you, or you can call the church office. Leave the information where we can reach it, get back with you, let us know what you desire to do and to connect with our church, and by 5 o'clock tomorrow, somebody will reach back out to you and let you know what the next steps are. We pray that you know that God is ever-present. But God wants to be even more intimately present in your life. Well, listen, we're getting ready to get out of here. We thank you for watching us, checking us out online. Continue to stick around, check out the announcements that we have forthcoming. I thank God for you. And as we prepare to leave, and now to him, who is able to keep you from falling and to present you faultless before the presence of his glory with all exceeding joy. It's only wise God, our Savior. Be glory and majesty, dominion and power, both now and forever. And the people of God said, Amen. Listen, God loves you. I love you. I miss you all dearly. Continue to take care of yourselves. Wear your mask. Practice social distancing. Sanitize and wash your hands. And we are one day closer to coming back into the sanctuary. But until then, let's do what we need to do to curb this pandemic. I miss you all. I love you all. God bless.